Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. In Your Corner for Hope event is a collaboration of Hope House, Casey Golden Glove, and Christie's Champs all strive to empower individuals to rise above their circumstances, find their inner strength, and ultimately create a better future for themselves. Today we're talking to Chris Walden of Casey Golden Gloves as a certified USA boxing official in the ring and president of Casey Golden Gloves. Chris Walden stays involved with amateur boxing because of its unique ability to grow kids into outstanding men and women. He works as an investment advisor at Heartland Capital Advisors, Missy Fitzwater. She's the director of marketing and athletic representative of Casey Golden Gloves. Missy is a boxer and a coach at Turner Boxing Academy. As a two-time Casey Golden Gloves champion, she made history in 2018 when she became the first female boxer from KC to enter the ring at the National Golden Gloves. Missy serves as a women's ambassador to USA Boxing. When she's not in the gym, you can find her writing about boxing for several different websites and blogs, creating content for promotional materials, and managing Golden Gloves social media and website. Chris and Missy, welcome to the Illuminating Hope podcast, a podcast of Hope House. You are from Casey Golden Gloves, and I want to read your mission really quick. Casey Golden Gloves is dedicated to amateur boxing as a way to develop discipline, respect, and wellness in its athletes and empower the next generation of leaders and citizens in the Kansas City area. What is Casey Golden Gloves and how does amateur boxing develop young leaders? Yeah, Tina, so thanks for having us. We're pleased to be here. Amateur boxing is really about discipline for young people and a lot of our gyms are in maybe low-income areas and so we see a lot of kids who don't have the opportunity to compete in other sports or they just walk into a boxing gym and they have a look for boxing. I just returned from the U.S. Olympic trials and we were fortunate enough to have two athletes make the trials. Oh, fantastic. That's exciting. It's a lifelong accomplishment and, and those young men, Ben Turla and Isaac Carlos, should remember that for the rest of their lives. Ben and Isaac and all of our boxers who turn pro, that number is probably less than 5% of all the people who come through our gyms and through our programs. Most of what we do is about youth development. And Missy and I have both seen it time and time again where a young man or a young lady will come into gym and they'll have maybe issues at school, behavioral issues, and before you know it, they're successful boxers, they are mentoring other young men and women, and they're coaching, and they just turn into outstanding young men and women and that's kind of what I think has driven me to give more to the sport is I've seen the difference it can make in young people's lives. Missy, I read a quote 2021 Fox 4 article you step into a gym and there's a place for everyone here I came from self-esteem issues so when I came to the gym I felt like I could finally fit in talk 
to me about your transformation. Well, my transformation, I mean, just like that says, when I stepped into a gym, before I had actually gone into a gym, I had a lot of self-worth issues. I didn't believe in myself. Matter of fact, I didn't even like myself. And I was spiraling down a path that was very negative and not going to end well. And I ended up in a boxing gym and pretty much overnight, something clicked in me and I felt empowered. I began to see the world in a whole new light. There was possibility everywhere. You hit on something that one of my questions, how did people find you? So how did you just happen upon a gym? Or maybe it wasn't quite that spontaneous, but that's really an interesting point. How do they gravitate to you? So my story in particular is a little unique. So my dad is a retired firefighter and he introduced me to a friend of his that used to box Craig Cummings, who actually at the time he didn't have a gym, but he does now, Garrison Boxing Club. And from a lot of boxers, it's like Chris said, they come from communities where there isn't much. So a gym is kind of built for them. Boxing gyms are built for the kids and they're put in neighborhoods where the kids can walk to them and they either, when they step into the gym, they're either humbled by the amazing work that's being done in front of them or they're encouraged to, you know, build themselves up. So, I mean, it's a unique story for every kid that steps into a gym, how they came to it, but I think that's what Kansas City Golden Gloves is really doing a good job with right now is we're building gyms in the communities where the kids need. How do you pay for the gym or who runs the gym? How does that all work? Each club is different. We have a list of all of our gyms on our website and okay. we support about 15 to 20 gyms in the Kansas City area and that, that extends from Springfield west to Topeka and okay. north to St. Joe. The toughest part is you find a dedicated coach and this is somebody who has boxing in his blood. He likely boxed, his grandfather boxed, his father boxed and we've never had a problem when we open a gym having the kids come in. I mean once the door cracks open the kids are there but there's a facility, there's a coach, there's utilities, there's all those challenges and so we kind of assist clubs with those when we can and then a lot of times it'll they'll be through community centers okay. so uh, whether it's through Garrison Community Center through the Kansas City Missouri Parks Department or Turner Rec Center through the Turner Recreation Commission some boxing gyms will offer fitness that helps turn the lights on but okay. all these coaches they're all doing it because they love the sport when I meet one who's making some money at it it'll be my first so. <laughs> I love that you guys all locate in the vulnerable communities to where that access is such a barrier Speaking of funds, I also pulled from your website. I was looking a little bit about that, and it looks like everything that comes in goes back to the programs for purchasing boxing equipment for new and existing clubs, for team travel, and to fund scholarships for your boxers. I want to know about the scholarship program. I think that's amazing. We have a couple of athletes who were most recently on scholarship, and one of them attended Johnson County Community College, and then the other attended Missouri Western. Typically, those boxers are going to give back to the program at some point. So it's been very successful for us to have a scholarship program. What's the age group of who you serve? So to be a registered, all of our boxers must be registered with USA Boxing. They're the sanctioning organization and they are an an NGB or national governing body of the USOPC, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. So just like USA Gymnastics, USA Basketball, so USA Boxing. All of our boxers must be registered before they go into a gym and compete. Begins at age 8 and it goes up to elite level boxers can be 39 years old. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's not just youth. You really, you work oh, yeah. adults as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are different divisions and anytime somebody competes in an event that's sanctioned by USA Boxing and supported by Kansas City Golden Gloves, all of those boxers, safety is our primary concern. So all of those boxers are within an age differential of 24 months or 
less, a weight differential of 5 to 15 pounds or less, and they're all within a similar experience level. There are no mismatches. It's not a tough man contest. Amateur boxing at the domestic level had less concussions last year than USA soccer. Just knowing from our work together, the safety was what I heard over and over and over again from, from all of you, that that was your primary concern is to make sure that everyone stayed safe. So can you talk a little bit about what safety measures you put into place? Yeah, so first of all, an amateur boxing bout is three rounds and at most three minutes. So not not 12 rounds like a professional bout. So there's less time for a boxer to get repeated head trauma because he's boxing nine minutes. Every referee we have in the ring has been trained. Every official we have in our field of play has passed a background check and has taken a coach or an official certification and they've taken something called Safe Sport, which is designed for the safety of youth athletes. The referees are trained for safety. If a referee is not safe, they will not be working bouts. They will go back for more training. Above that, all of our boxers are wearing 10, 12, or 16-ounce gloves. And in the pros, typically, you might wear 8-ounce gloves. And they're all wearing headgear. The headgear and the bigger gloves are a big help in safety. And in amateur boxing, we the referees have a tool that they can use called an eight count, where they just give a standing eight count if they think the boxer is distressed, they need a break, they're wobbly, which unfortunately happens. So mm-hmm. at every bout, we have a MD or DO ringside, a ringside physician, to ensure the boxers something does happen. The boxers tended to immediately. There's oxygen at every bout. Every boxer undergoes a pre-bout physical and a post-bout check before every bout. So. Very challenging us mm-hmm. for us to officiate it safely, but mm-hmm. it is most definitely done that way. That's awesome. Everyone who helps in Casey Golden Gloves, are they all volunteers? Yeah, everybody. We have no paid staff. Everybody's a volunteer at Kansas City Golden Gloves. Myself, Missy, all the coaches. Nobody gets paid. Some of the coaches might make some money with their gyms, but all of our the Casey Golden Gloves board members are all volunteers. So we all do it because it's in our blood. We want to help and we believe in, in our mission that you read earlier. Missy, so you serve as a women ambassador to USA Boxing. Talk to me about that. So that kind of just started from based off of my story and how much boxing's done for me. USA Boxing was working on a mission on bringing more women involved. And because I was already out there screaming about boxing, they said, why don't you come aboard and try and spread the word? And that's pretty much what that is. <laughs> when we first met, it was through convoluted way that we, that Hope House got involved with you. We met Christy Martin, and Christy was adamant that she wanted to stay involved and, and really appreciated what we were doing, and we'll talk about Christy in a minute, but then I was just happened to be at a chamber event, and Cam Awesome was there, and he talked about his story, and I'm like, gosh, we could make this connection. How? And I didn't really even know Golden Gloves at that point, just. But I felt like when I heard your mission, it just really clicked on how aligned our missions are. But yet we come at it from completely different perspectives, which I really like. I really like because it really is an opportunity for both of us to talk about our missions, to talk about how we're trying to address the violence in our community or the the disadvantaged youth or all of those things that we think are really important, but we're doing it from very different perspectives, but yet it has worked really well. From my perspective, I thought our event that we did last year was phenomenal, and we were able to talk about empowerment in a way that we've never been able to talk about it before. So I guess I would be curious what your thoughts were. You were a boxer last year, Missy, and for me, I know very, very little about boxing. I know a little bit more since Mm -hmm. the event, but that's not been my world. And so to be able 
able to be exposed to that and to learn about that and really understand that it isn't about violence. So that's one thing that Christy said to me when she was our keynote speaker. She said, boxing isn't violent. And I was like, but it is. (laughs) And from my perspective, it always Mm -hmm. had been. But she really opened my eyes to a different... uh, Now, boxing still is unknown, I think, for some of us to understand all of the things that go into it. But I can see the look on your face when you talk about the joy that that comes to you and how proud you are of Golden Gloves and what you do. But also I can see it just emanating from you in terms of how you feel about yourself. And isn't that what we're about? Isn't that what we're about? So I'm curious what your thoughts were from a participant in the event and as an organizer. And you were so involved in, you had so many things that you were doing that night from officiating to running around making sure everybody had what they needed. What was your, your thoughts about how the event went and were we able to accomplish our goal of reaching people that neither one of us had reached before in terms of both of our missions? Yeah, I feel like we did uh, reach a group we hadn't reached before and one of the surprising things to me about boxing about 10 or 15 years ago was that the boys and girls, they do not get in fights at school. I think they have the confidence not to engage when they're being picked on. Mm-hmm. And then I think some of them when they wear golden gloves gear, maybe they don't get picked on. And you see mainly I think it's the confidence, especially from young women. You can see a couple of young women in the ring and you know that they have the confidence that Missy has developed to say, hey, I'm a worthwhile person. I'm not going to take any flack from anyone. I'm confident. I know I'm going to be successful. I think it builds that when you get in the ring by yourself and it's a combat sport and you've trained, you've dedicated yourself and you accomplish something, win or lose, you walk out of there victorious and you walk out of there with the confidence to know, hey, I did that. How many people can do that? Not many. It's an individual sport or somebody else is trying to take your head off. The best part of boxing, and I, I saw this recently on one of our social media posts, is somebody had their hand raised and the opponent, the runner-up, as we call them was clapping for his opponent. And that's not the exception, that's the rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody walks out of the ring upset, that happens rarely. Both competitors have respect for each other, and I think that translates to every day, to school, to work, everyday life, is you have respect for other people, and you demand respect from others as well. We have an I Am a Leader program for youth 4th through 7th grade, and we teach leadership skills as well. And you can see the difference in the kids just from talking about it a few times. And I think that the reason why they go into the ring so confident is because of that leadership mm-hmm. mentality that mm-hmm. we want for our kids, which leads into prevention of a lot of violence. And I think one of the questions is just listening to you talk is, so what about the relationships that are formed between the members of the Golden Gloves, where whatever gym? I've heard more than once, Christy said it and other people have said that boxing saved my life. So, and talking about those relationships that you build. So this isn't just come in and do your thing. You're not just like going into a gym where you work out, you just go in, you work out, and you leave. Mm -hmm. You're forming relationships, you're Mm -hmm. forming friendships. Anything you want to talk about that? Because that's what struck me is the tight-knit closeness Mm -hmm. of of the members. I've always said boxing was a band of misfits. So when you walk into the gym, you're uniquely you, and everybody in there is, and we all appreciate each other for that. In a gym, you're not going to be able to talk much trouble because we're all capable of taking care of ourselves. So I think there's a lot of respect and love in a gym when 
you know, amongst teammates and then coaches are always putting so much into the kids mm -hmm. that it becomes a real family. And then, I mean, stepping into the ring, I think some of that leadership comes from it's individual sport. So when you get in there, there's only one person getting hit when you don't get your hands up. It's you. And so you kind of win or lose, you go, that's on me. Either I won and this is 100% on me, or I didn't win this time, but it's still 100% on me and my work ethic. And as teammates of other boxers, we all understand that. We're all not the same. So when we see a teammate that didn't do so well, you want to step up and help them what you can in the gym because you're a family. I think boxing is very unique in that way. Our whole program is really designed around supporting coaches. And when you come to a gym, a coach is, they're, they're not going to put you in a, in a competitive match. You're going to have to train, sometimes six months. You're going to have to show that dedication. You're not getting in there until you're ready. And I really take my hat off to our coaches. They're boxing coaches, but they're also parents sometimes. They're mentors. They're big brothers. They're big sisters. They have a big role to play. But when they get in there, it's a reward for the boxer when they're allowed to compete. And so, they, yeah, they, all that dedication. And I think what you said a moment ago, Missy, about it's only up to you. So if you lose or if you don't perform, better said, if you don't perform as well, as you could have or should have, that's on you and you're accountable. And for some people, I think, especially for young people these days, this may be their first time that they've been accountable to themselves mm -hmm. and to others. Mm -hmm. so, it's a great learning lesson. And what you said, Marianne, about Cam said boxing changed my life. Christy said boxing changed my life. There's just a long list of people. One of our board members, Stephen St. John, who's very successful in broadcast and radio and, and sports, he'll credit boxing with changing his life and turning him around. So that list just goes on and on. And I believe that's why we have so many dedicated dedicated coaches because they said, I went through this. I want to do that for other people. So that part of it is very, very special. And when we talk about your group and what you do and what we do and how there's an, a natural fit, which is totally unevident exactly. to begin with, exactly. that's both have those in common. The other thing that struck me at the event last year was the amount of support that each of the boxers had from family, friends. I'm not sure who all was there, but coaching, the coaches obviously were there in front and center. But the number of people that came to that event to support their boxer. Probably you see that every day, but that was so special for me to see that, to see that these young, most of them were they were kids or young adults, to, to have that kind of support was, I thought it was very special. It is. I mean, every show I've ever been to, I'm still to this day taken back by, there'd be this one little kid and he's got like 25 people there to cheer him on and it's like that's what it's about is these kids getting to feel like they're stars and the support it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things about domestic violence, one of the things that happens in the in domestic violence is about power and control. And so one of the things that happens in order to maintain power over someone is to isolate them and is to keep them from family and friends and to make sure that they don't have a support system because if they do, then they're going to have more opportunities to leave that relationship. It would be easier for someone to leave if they had that support. So to be able to see that support and know that, that there's some prevention that's happening right there, not even knowing that that's what's happening. Happening. No one went out and said, okay, let's do this because that will help prevent domestic violence or whatever the other issue is. But you certainly are supporting your members and your boxers by including family and friends and by making sure that they could maintain part of that process or part of that experience with them. You are really helping to take 
that person to the next level and, and help them to stay out of situations that, as you talked about just they're not getting themselves into trouble and finding themselves in situations yeah I didn't think know. about that but there's mm-hmm. certainly a, a support system there and mm-hmm. I would add to that their brothers and sisters in the gym their teammates and then their opponents as well you see they get kind of clickish you know we've competed together but now we're at a national tournament so now I'm cheering for you and so I face this opponent look out for this look out for this so there's a, a lot of support structure there with coaches and assistant coaches and other boxers. Mm -hmm. And then when you have like national tournaments, this is one of my favorite things about the support is so that they live stream the national tournament fights and like he was in Louisiana, gyms in Kansas City will group together and watch these live streams together watching. That's awesome. It it may be a boxer that's not even in our gym, but we're like, let's go. Right. Well, they're from the area, Mm -hmm. so that's, I had no idea that you had boxers go into the Olympics. I think that's, or at least to the trials. The trials, That's phenomenal. Even if they, I mean, it takes a very special athlete to make it to the Olympics, we all know. So even those that aren't meddling are still tremendous athletes. But to even make it to the trials, you have to be a tremendous athlete to get yes. there. Top so. eight in the country. Mm-hmm. Top eight in the country. Yeah. You are a USA boxing official, Chris. Yes. Tell people how they can become certified if they want <laughs> to volunteer or coach. or. Yeah, so that's great. You could go on our website and um, there's a how to become an official button. And so basically you start process to become an official. You register with USA Boxing. That's the sanctioning organization. You'll pass a background check. You will take something called Safe Sport, which is a youth training. And then you will attend a clinic, about a four to six hour clinic, and then you will take a test. And now you can be a practicing judge. And at that point, you'll work a certain amount of bouts. And chief of officials will say, okay, they're ready to go live, or they're not ready to go live, or you need to go watch some videos and score them. And so we want to make sure that when a boxer does get in the ring, they're getting the best decision. And that's sometimes challenging with volunteers. But so we put a lot of emphasis on getting good quality decisions. And so a referee has to demonstrate the ability to keep about safe and to keep about fair when they're in the ring. We're always looking for more volunteers, and we'll coach you up and train you up, and you get the best seat in the house. Do you also get the same kind of feedback, I guess, that other referees in in sports would get, like from basketball or baseball, or sometimes they can be the enemy. So do you, as an official, do you get that from the crowd? Yes. So (laughs) regardless of the outcome, okay, half of the people think you're wrong as a judge. Half think you're right. That will never change. Uh, But we have an evaluation process. Evaluate each judge on by each round and each bout. I was evaluated last week based on my refereeing, based on my judging, and it's and then you're ranked. And so there's a competition to have a high ranking and to mm-hmm. get to work the best bouts at events. And so we have tried to create a system where the worst outcome we can have is a boxer coming out of the ring saying, I got a bad decision. Now, sometimes they'll say that and they'll watch the video and say, okay, well, maybe not. Because there's a lot of emotion involved. But we don't want them putting in all that work and then not being rewarded for it. They think it's unfair. And so we've put a lot of emphasis on that. We tend to evaluate officials and we should do a better job of that. So there's there's a system in place to make sure we're getting a good outcome. Because boxing is about a skill. I mean, you you practice and practice and practice, and and you're learning skills. It's not so for someone like me who knows very little about it. I don't necessarily see that that you as an official are going to be saying is that's a that's a good thing or no that's not a good thing. And that's one thing that when I talked to Christy, she talked about that. She said there are a lot of rules. There are things in place to make sure that this is about that's fair and it's not just people going in and just start punching each other. I mean, there's a lot that you have. 
have to go through. I'm just curious from your perspective, Missy, what's that like to learn that? Because it's about, I heard you say, if you don't have your arms mm-hmm. up, you're going to, you know, you're the one that's going to get hit. It's about your footwork. It's about mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Can you talk to us a little bit about that for those who are mm-hmm. non-boxers who know <laughs> very little? For me, it's interesting, too, because I'm an official and I'm a boxer. So I have two perspectives, and those two perspectives in my head are always fighting. <laughs> when I'm in the gym and just Missy, I'm focusing a lot on keeping my hands up. Technique-wise, you want sharp punches. You want your punches to come from your shoulder because that's something officials look for, for a technique to make sure it's a good punch. I focus on that and then head movement as well. And like you said, footwork, because your feet get you out of trouble. <laughs> your hands get you out of trouble. I always think it's interesting because when I'm sparring, I'll step out of the ring and go, yeah, that was, I had that, that sparring was good. And my coach will go, well, outside perspective, kind of look like you got hit a lot. Or it's a very interesting thing about boxing is the perspective. Judges sitting around each side of the ring all have a different perspective of the same fight. I mean, when it comes to technique and and boxing and talking that, there's so much to it. It's so detailed, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yeah, and I think the better boxer is usually going to win, not the harder puncher or the bigger puncher. The, the more trained you are, and they call it the sweet science for a reason, and the technical boxers are usually going to win. In the chess game, they call it chess, too, because there's a lot of trying to think ahead, but thinking in the moment, too. And like he, you said a moment ago, Chris, is there's so much emotion in there, too. Overwhelming at times if you're not trained on it. <laughs> What's your fitness routine in between matches? Because I know it may be a one-minute, two-minute, a three-minute round, but it takes a lot of cardiovascular strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell kids when I'm coaching, you live in the gym to fight for three rounds. I mean, you have to be working hard. Me, personally, I'm in a gym from Monday to Thursday, and then I'm throwing extra workouts on the weekends just because it does take so much. Sometimes I feel like running isn't even enough because you're using your entire higher body. You use the upper body and lower body in the ring. So anything that's going to break a sweat, you just do it as hard as you can. How long does it take you to recover from, I guess I'm assuming that you have to have time to recover from a match? Yes. So actually matches to me, that's a good question. So you live in the gym. I always feel like I have so much energy after a match because even though I went as hard as I can, I spend, I'm in a, the ring for maybe, you know, three rounds. It's nine minutes of fighting. Or in the ring nine minutes, I'm in the gym for two hours. So I always feel like I don't really need that much recovery. I'm like actually ready to go again. But we wouldn't let her box for another 24 hours. Just okay. so you know. That's good to know. <laughs> the rules and regulation. Yeah. Those Technical. Rules. <laughs> but that goes back to your comment about safety first that you yeah. Make sure that everyone is safe and that there's not someone's going to injure themselves if they. And a lot of that responsibility is on the coaches to make sure you put Mm -hmm. a boxer in when they're ready. Mm-hmm. Because it's a bad outcome if they go in there and leave crying. You know, they're eight-year-olds. They could leave crying. They could leave being outclassed or dominated. Those are all bad outcomes. So it doesn't happen very often. Our coaches do a great job. Last year, we had our first event. And I thought it was an extremely successful event in terms of the education that we were able to do, the partnership, and talking about how our two worlds intersect, even though they seem very, very different. So this year, we're going we're gonna to do it again. Christy has agreed to come back and be a part of that, which I find phenomenal. And we will be talking to Christy as well. Or She will talk from her perspective about being a boxer, but also a survivor. And she talks about what that is like for her and what that was like for her. But her commitment to ending domestic violence is so powerful. And her story just, it really resonates with people. And even though often they're like, what, how is that even possible? How could that, how could that have happened? But 
it really speaks to how complex domestic violence is. My hope is, is that with this next event that we can continue to bring awareness to both of our organizations and also continue to look at different ways that we can partner together outside of the event. That's something that we've been talking about and having Tina on board has been phenomenal as our prevention person and really getting our leadership class going and would love to see if there's ways that we can partner with the youth that you're working with and being able to continue to talk about domestic violence and and how boxing and domestic violence can really flow together. Do you have any hopes for this event that maybe that we weren't able to do last year that you want to do this year? Anything anything different or new? Or maybe we're just going to do it exactly the same way, but just curious from your perspective, because you guys are the ones that really make that event happen. You're the ones that have, are responsible for lining up the boxers and organizing and all of that. So I'm curious what you guys might want to have accomplished that maybe we weren't able to do last year. Well, I think we thought it was a great event and uh, love to expose the two organizations maybe a couple more bouts I think mm-hmm. our boxers and coaches loved the venue mm-hmm. and the environment and they're like we want more mm-hmm. so that kind of motivates us to hey you know we need to do this again there's work involved in an effort but let's do it again because the coaches and boxers loved it mm-hmm. I do think that we can do a better job of defining Hope House with our members mm-hmm. and kind of talking about how to do that and be familiar to some of our members and mm-hmm. you never know when they they think okay well hey I, I know this is a resource for me. And I think a, a great angle for that too, especially with your young <clears throat> athletes, is teaching that social responsibility piece. Like they are contributing to their community somehow, which is a huge part of the leadership that I like to teach young kids. Right, so everyone who participates in these in this event, the kids, the young adults, the adults who are going to be boxing are bringing awareness yes. to not only boxing but to domestic violence. So they're having a big part in that. Hopefully they, they know that and they can and maybe we need to talk about that more that night and just really sharing how their participation and all the people that they're bringing to the event what great awareness that they're going to be able to create for that there's never as Tina would say there's never an opportunity that we would pass up to to be able to bring awareness because you just never know I think it could be safely said that we all know someone even if we don't know that we know someone we all know someone who is a survivor or has been you know has been impacted Mm -hmm. by domestic violence happens way too often. Mm-hmm. One in three women in our country will at some point in their life be a survivor. Just think about the number of women that you know and know that one third of them are going to be exposed to this in some way. So I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're continuing to bring awareness to that so we can help people in ways, even if it's entering a gym and knowing that you are helping to empower youth to be the best that they can be, mm-hmm. then you have helped break that cycle without even knowing it. So the event's called In Your Corner. Is that the Uptown Theater, which is a, it's a great venue. And mm-hmm. I they were excited to have us come back, too. They were really excited when we said, yes, we're going to do this again because it has this natural place for the ring. Mm-hmm. And that ring is huge. I mean, it is much larger mm-hmm. than what than what you think it's going to be at least for me it was but it was a great opportunity and they had the balcony so family members or, or the people the spectators could have a view looking down which like they said they really enjoyed that yeah. it was really it was nice so they could be right the, at the level you know the main level as the the ring is so there's lots of opportunities to participate you don't have to be a boxer to come we had supporters there that it was interesting some of the supporters said oh my gosh I know so and so and so and so and they're boxers and that's what interests 
interested in them in attending. And Mm -hmm. a couple of people knew Christy and were so excited that Christy was Mm -hmm. there. So you don't have to be a boxer. I've had people say, but I I can't, I don't like the violence of the, using that word violence. Then you don't have to watch that part. You You can step out or you can just mingle and be a part of the event without having to be a part of it. But I will say as one who probably would have said that last year about myself, I was able to participate and I was surprised that I was able to see it for something other than just punching someone. Mm-hmm. So that I would say that it was, I maybe was one of those. I'm, when I said that to, to Christy, I'm like, but I don't know if I can do this. She's like, but it's not violent. It's, it's controlled and it has rules and it's safe. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I feel like when you understand the skill mm-hmm. and practice it took right. to mm-hmm. land a good combination, you're like, that's impressive. <laughs> right. Because you likely set right. the other boxer up mm-hmm. and it's, it requires speed right. and power and it requires technique. So it's appreciate that part of it. You think, okay, that was impressive. And and when you're not exposed to that, mm-hmm. you think that you're not going to be okay with it. But I will also say from, again, from my perspective as a kind of a novice when it comes to boxing, I was really impressed with the safety gear, mm-hmm. the head gear that they had on. And that I think needs to also be highlighted that this isn't professionals getting in the ring mm-hmm. and going for, you know, what you might see on pay-per-view. Or mm-hmm. I really appreciated the safety equipment. I think yeah. that, that helped with mm-hmm. um, able to understand it a little bit differently than... Something yeah. I would tell somebody who was worried about watching it or didn't like, wasn't sure if they liked boxing or not because of the, you said, the kind of violent part of it. My mom did not like boxing. Before I started boxing, no, it was never played in the house. It was not enjoyable to her at all. And for some crazy reason, we had the idea to get me in boxing. Once she became into it, she fell in love. I mean, if I had nothing to do with boxing tomorrow, she'd still. She's there for the kids. She loves the safety aspect of it and the technique and all of that. So if my mom can fall in love with it, please give it a try. Then anybody can. (laughs) Well, she's probably seen the transformation in you Mm -hmm. as well. She was, I'm guessing, that she was able to see a person who went in who didn't have confidence, who didn't Mm -hmm. believe in herself, to who you've become today. Mm -hmm. That speaks volumes, too. It does. It's actually her idea because I was hitting a heavy bag, my dad's heavy bag in our basement, and I'd come up so much nicer and lighter and more confident, and she's like, there's some magic to this, we've got to, we've got to tap into it. Thank you to mom for getting me into this. That's awesome. I mean, I'd say just from a boxer standpoint that competed in the show last year, it was, there wasn't a boxer there that didn't love the atmosphere, the missions involved. My opponent and I were really good friends outside of the ring as well, and we really loved the whole thing. We were excited to be able to share that. I'm glad you, that you brought that up because I heard that just the way that the venue was set up, the boxers could come in and mm-hmm. there was a spotlight <laughs> and then there was the big announcement. What was that like? The only other place I've ever had that is at our tournament, Kansas City Golden Gloves. But this one, I mean, it is special. When you get that walkout, you feel like you're a pro. And you have all your fans cheering for you. It's all about you in that moment. And you get to walk to the ring and be the best version of you possible. Casey Golden Gloves, Missy, Chris, what you guys are doing for the youth and our vulnerable population in Kansas City, I think is amazing. And the discipline, the the respect, the self-respect, and the leadership that you're teaching will break cycles beyond what we can even imagine. And I just appreciate you. you guys doing what you're doing. Keep doing it. We're so excited 
excited that Hope House and Casey Golden Gloves are partnering again for In Your Quarter in March this year. And I'll go ahead and link all the Casey Golden Glove website, Facebook page, so people will know about the event, of course, as well as ours. So thank you so much for coming on and being with us today. Yeah, we appreciate the relationship and thank you for all you do. And on March 4th, we'll have some little kids' bouts. We'll have some males, females. It'll it'll be a good, fun Mm -hmm. card. Very competitive. With a few more than we had last year, it sounds like. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Join Hope House, Casey Golden Gloves, and Christie's Champs at Uptown Theater, March 2nd at 7 p.m. Join us for a powerful event demonstrating that together we can overcome any challenges. To sponsor the event or reserve your tickets, just go to hopehouse.net.